ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Wednesday, June 24th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines. How do you do that? It's 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, whole true, great taste, only 96 calories it is. The original light beer coming up on the program in about 10 minutes. For many years, he was a mainstay of this program. For many years, he would write 15 pieces of content daily for HerdZone.com. I don't know if he is um, just filing stuff away for a book or something for one last great journal, but Jack Bogodzik, retired, joins us on the program many years Sports writer, he covered uh, herd athletics for herdzone.com. Of course, he worked for Charleston newspapers. He, of course, has had a uh, a long career in journalism, and he's a good friend of the program. So Jack's going to come on the program. We're going to talk to him here in the next few minutes, so I'm looking forward to that. That's been something that uh, we've needed to do in a long time. Of course, uh, the Jack Bogajic Talk Studio is um, named in response to the fact that uh, on uh, Jack's final day here, we got the city of Huntington to commemorate a sign, a traffic sign to Jack, and it still hasn't been put up yet. So in response to that, I I have named the studio the Jack Bogodzik Talk Studio. If you ever find your way here in our studio, you will see signs dedicating that to him. He is on the program here in the next few minutes. So um, busy day today. Uh, yesterday, before we got off the air, uh, we didn't get to this. We didn't have a chance to get to this because this was coming out as we were going off the air. Uh, West Virginia has uh, some issues they're going to have to deal with. They have placed defensive coordinator Vic Koning on administrative leave. They are launching an investigation. There are allegations of mistreatment made by safety. Kerry Martin Jr., that came out yesterday. And Shane Lyons released a statement, said, I want to thank Martin for having the courage to bring his concerns to light. We will not tolerate any form of racism, discrimination, or bias on campus, including our athletic programs. He put this stuff on Twitter. This was uh, Martin's statement on Twitter. He, he, um, He posted those allegations. He wrote that we need a change in our program. He's uh, making allegations that Koning, who's also coach of the safeties, he called, um, he said um, Koning called him retarded during a team workout earlier this month. And he also made inappropriate comments talking about politics, religion, uh, the recent protests of racism and police brutality. Don't know where this is going to go. Is it? a situation where there are some really legitimate issues here, or is this just a disagreement of opinions and philosophies? I don't know at this moment, but it's interesting. Nonetheless, years ago, would you see players this vocal on social media? Would you see players this vocal current players, maybe not as vocal while they were on the team, but if they were departed from the team, 
then they feel like they can express themselves a little bit more. But have you seen a time when we've had such a expression from student-athletes? I don't think we have. So we'll be following this story sooner and later. Definitely, I'm sure more is going to come out from it. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, Jack Pagodzik going to join me on the other side of the break. We will talk to him when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. With Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And joining us now on the Miller Lite phone lines, uh, a longtime partner of mine for this program. Uh, I spent several years uh, learning from him. Uh, I... I don't know if I can build him up as the way I want to. So let's just introduce him. Jack Bogodzik joins us. Retired, uh, former sports journalist. Well, are you still former? I mean, you you still freelance. You do stuff, don't you? No, no actually, Paul, no, I do not. You're done. You're just I, I'm over. I, 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 I did it for 50 years. If you go back to when I was uh, in high school writing for um, local newspapers here in northern Kentucky where I live now, and uh, I actually have not freelanced for anybody. Do you miss it, or are you you've you've you've? Yeah, I'll tell you what I miss. I I don't miss the grind of um, you know driving places to cover games and things like that. What I do miss are you know having regular uh, relationships, discussions with sports writers, sportscasters like you who, uh, you know, are my buddies and that sort of thing and in press rooms and things like that. That That's what I miss. Uh, once in a while, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I'd like to write something about this, like right now, uh, the ridiculous situation with Major League Baseball. But it, I don't get the urge that often to really write something because I did it for 50 years. and I guess that's kind of a past chapter, and, and I'm done with that. Thankfully for you, you don't have social media, so uh, that's a that's a plus for you right now. Well, I you know I, I you know I was one of the old school guys, as you probably remember. Uh, I was I was not going to do Facebook. I was not going to do Twitter. Uh, when I came to work at Marshall in May of 2012, um, and you know Mike Ham retired me, and I appreciate that uh, because the newspaper business sadly was dying, and and is is in the it, it's it's almost the final nail in the coffin now for newspapers, unless you want to talk about newspapers online, and that's a mess a mess of a different sort. But I told him I said if you want me to go on Twitter and that stuff, I'm not the guy to hire because I'm not going to do it. I you know I'm interested in writing stories about people, um, columns about people, things like that because at the time. What can you say in 144 characters? So to me, it wasn't worth it. I've never been involved in that in that stuff. And social media is, in my opinion, a mess. 
Jack Bogodrick joins us. I was joking before we brought you on that you would write 15 stories a day, but I wasn't far off from your output. You, every day, you had something, not just one. You had two, three, four, always something interesting here. You were always hitting the beat trying to find something, and you were always discovering stories about everybody on campus. Well, that, that that's what I enjoyed doing, Paul, was, you know, I mean, what, one of the reasons that, I think that, you know, that, that Mike Hamrick hired me at Marshall was he wanted somebody to write about the other, pro- the quote, the other programs. Uh, they used to call them non-revenue sports, and they are non-revenue sports. Now they call them Olympic sports, which is a bit of a misnomer. But he wanted me to write about the people that weren't getting any recognition, the swimmers, the cross-country runners, the uh, indoor track people, uh, the tennis people that, you know, played for John Mercer, that kind of thing. And and I enjoyed doing that. I, you know, I mean, I could still remember, you know, writing various stories about martial athletes that basically nobody had heard of. And that was what I was hired to do. I, you know, I guess Chuck McGill still does some of that now. And because Let's face it, the, the local TV stations and the, the newspapers, the, both the Gazette Mail now and the um, HD, are going to write about football, men's basketball, maybe a little bit about women's basketball, and that's pretty much about it. So, you know, when I had the opportunity to write about people, and that's what I've always been interested in doing anyway, is writing about people, so... Um, you know, the, it, it was, you know, kind of like right up my alley, so to speak. And I enjoyed doing that and talking about writing, you know, 15 stories a day. That That's kind of the way I always was. I mean, I never got up to 15. Um, there, I, I do remember back, this is years ago when I worked in Roanoke, Virginia, before I came to Charleston and then Huntington. Um, I covered the baseball playoffs and World Series in 1983 and uh fortunately for me i could drive between philadelphia and baltimore because the phillies were in the national league playoffs the orioles were in the american league playoffs and then they ended up in the world series and over like a 14-day period i wrote 47 stories so so writing stories and interviewing people is for me was never heavy lifting that's that's what I enjoyed doing, and, and that's what I did. Jack Bogodzik, my guest on the program, many years writing for sports across the tri-state and different state. And uh, I was just thinking, you had a unique position, which we're seeing more and more now at universities. Of course, uh, Chuck McGill right. is doing something a little bit different, so it's not exactly a one-for-one for what you were doing and what you were hired to do and what he's doing, but – yeah, your good friend from the um, Virginia pilot, Harry Minium, he's sort of like the Jack Bogodzik now of ODU, sort of a, a similar position. Right. I mean, you're seeing that more and more with universities realizing that they can, I'm not necessarily saying control the, the content, but they're putting out more content instead of just giving us, hey, here's the, here's the quotes, here's the facts, here's here's the stats. Right, and, and Paul, there are good friends of mine that have done that way before I did it. There's a a guy that, that I know named Wendell Barnhouse, who used to work for the Fort Worth newspaper and ended up writing stuff 
through the Big 12 office. And you mentioned Harry. Harry is, is a good buddy of mine. And I know guys all across the spectrum. There's Jeff White that writes for virginiasports.com, which is the University of Virginia's athletic website. And that's kind of the way this is going. Uh, Bill Cook, for years, uh, worked for both the Cincinnati Enquirer and the Cincinnati Post. And he, he just retired recently, but he was writing for the University of Cincinnati website. And I, I think more schools are doing this. And I think it's a, a two-edged thing. I think, one, you can control the message, which is, you know, part of what happens. And two, they see the how, how bad the newspaper business has diminished. And so you're not getting these stories written on these other programs, as I mentioned earlier. And I think that's part of it. They can see where people can write this stuff and, and, you know, there's something posted to the website every day, plus it drives advertising on their website. One thing newspapers, Paul, have done a really poor job of is that they gave away the product too early on the Internet. And then when they decided they were going to start charging for it, it was like all these people that were supposed to be subscribers were not happy about it. So what's happened with these colleges is they have figured out a way to charge for some of this stuff, and it helps drive people to their website, which is what they're looking for. Jack Bogonjic joining me on the program. Of course, um, you and I would probably be having these conversations uh, during maybe Bengals training camp, during a Bengals game. Of course, no baseball until maybe here in a few weeks. You know, we probably would already been talking about going on a baseball trip. This has really been a summer in which none of us have ever experienced before. And, you know, I've, I've said to my wife, Carol, many times, I said, I never thought I would see anything like this before, Paul. I mean, it, or it, it's, it's amazing. I, I mean, baseball is going to play a 60-game season. What is that to, to me? The uh, the best thing about the base baseball season is the long haul, the 162 games. You know who uh, withstands the injuries, guys on the disabled list, uh, guys being called up from the minors, trades, all these kind of things. Now you're going to have 60 games in 66 days. That's not a baseball season. I, I'm serious. I mean, I love baseball, and most people that know me know that. But I would much rather they would have said, forget it. Just not have a season. The owners weren't going to do that because they want to get the TV money. I understand that, too. And that is, is a whole other story with college athletics about TV money and are they going to play football. But, you know, some of the stuff I'm reading about baseball, I mean, well, why, why do they want to play? And once they get into it, who knows if it lasts? Because if a bunch of players start testing positive for COVID-19, they're going to shut it down. Or else, I guess they're going to have to call guys up from their, lack of a better phrase, their, their, their auxiliary team that's going to be left in reserve uh, from this spring training, quote, spring training, unquote, they're going to have. So, it, I mean, baseball is, is really killing itself, I think. 
And then what's going to happen is they'll play the 2021 season and then the contract between the owners and the players association is up in December of 2021. And it's going to be ugly. I guarantee you, because as you know, this season is not starting by any agreement. It's starting because the commissioner can start the season because of the March 26th agreement that they had. So in December of 2021, that contract ends. And so now the owners are going to lock the players out more than likely from spring training 2022. And I mean, the players and owners are doing the best thing they can as far as trying to kill baseball, which is sad. Jack Gondrick with us, and you bring up a good point. It's not baseball. It's a TV product. I mean, sure, it's baseball. They're playing the sport, so it's baseball. But it's a television product to try to maintain some revenue. I know a lot of people have been upset with the way this whole thing has gone down. You've got billionaires arguing with millionaires over splits of money here. But at the same time, we don't even know if they can pull this experiment off. And the same thing with the NBA. They're going to be in a bubble once they get right. that going. The NHL will announce in a few days two hub cities for the East and West, and they're going to start their extended playoff. And something that's happening a little sooner than later is the basketball tournament. Of course, John Elmore heard that. Their first opponent was going to be Best Virginia before a COVID-19 positive test on that squad sank their opportunity to, to continue on. So we still don't know if we're going to be able to pull all of this stuff off, as you mentioned. And football, they still think they're going, at least the NFL does. They think they're going. Well, I, my thought about this, the college football, Paul, is this. ESPN is already talking about having Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit call Monday Night Football in the NFL. Now, they're, they're the premier, as you know, announcing team for college football. So do they know something that the rest of us don't know? It, it, is somebody with, you know, one some of these conferences, the power conferences, obviously, the, the five power conferences, telling ESPN, you know, we're going to try, but we don't think we could pull this off. I mean, you know, Alabama has X number of, people testing positive and I guess what the, on the group of five level Marshall has four or five, something like that. Houston has six, you know, whatever. So why are, why are they saying that at ESPN? I mean, do they know something that the rest of us don't know? I mean, I don't know how you're going to play football. I mean, because you've, you've got this ball that's handled by all these people and how many times can you wipe down the ball? What what are the offensive linemen going to do? How can the offensive linemen stand six feet apart? I don't think they can and block. So there's just so much going on. Now, they'll try to play because the major schools, the Power Five, can get that TV money, and it'll become the ultimate TV sport. How do they put people in the stadiums? But for the programs like Marshall and Miami of Ohio and Boise State and Cincinnati and Tulsa and those people that are in the group of five, 
they don't get that much TV money, especially especially Conference USA. I mean, in my own opinion, they have a terrible TV package. And it doesn't pay that much, and the exposure is very limited. So if they can't get on the field and they can't get fans in the stands, what happens to all these programs? I mean, I, I think what's going to happen is we go back, to, we talked about non-revenue sports earlier. I think a lot of these colleges are going to end up dropping even more than already have. Drop non-revenue sports. They're, you know, the NCAA is going to have to do something about the numbers of programs that you are allowed to have. Uh, if you're a marshal, you have to have 16 programs. If you do not have football, you have to have 14. Well, there are already schools like, and I mentioned this to you the other day on the phone when you and I were talking, Wright State is down to 11 programs in Dayton, Ohio. And they're already appealing to the NCAA, you know, let us get by this. But the university has such uh, problems as far as finances that I don't know that some of these schools are going to be able to continue with athletics the way they have. A lot of these coaches that are paid a lot of money, they're going to not only be taking pay cuts, the next time they get contracts, they're going to get a lot less money. I mean, this is this is just across the board going to affect everybody. Here's a big name. This was something that came across today. UConn, they're proposing cutting women's rowing in addition to men's tennis, swimming, diving, cross country, and I've seen that. I've seen tennis a lot. That has been a sport that seems to be the one that a lot of universities go to first for some reason. And and you know what, Paul? Here's the thing that that gets me about this is that how much money is there in tennis? I mean, you're paying a head coach. You're probably paying an assistant coach. I don't think those teams travel a whole lot. So it, it, it's sort of like, you know, you're going to cut these, these, you know, these few athletes and the poor athletes are the ones that, you know, get the short end of the stick. So how much are you save them by tennis? Now you mentioned UConn. UConn has a bunch of programs. I couldn't tell you how many they have. I guarantee it's more like 24, something like that. So they can afford to lose some programs. But some of these schools, Marshall, for example, Marshall's at 16. If Marshall wants to remain a Division I program in FBS playing major college football, unless they get some kind of, unless the Mar- Marshall gets some kind of waiver, it can't drop sports. I mean, the Mid American Conference, you go across the board, Bowling Green dropped baseball, and then a bunch of alumni including Oral Hershiser, stepped up and donated a bunch of money to save the program. Akron dropped a bunch of sports. They're talking about uh, the three MAC schools in Michigan, Central, Eastern, and Western Michigan, are in real trouble because they get so much money from the state for their programs. And the state of Michigan, of course, has been hit really hard by coronavirus and they're, you know, going to have to obviously do other things with their money. Can those schools sustain all these programs? And I, I just think across the board, it's going to be a big issue. And here's another issue Marshall's going to have to deal with trying to get that baseball park built 
it's still going forward, but the timetable has changed because of everything that has happened. And they can't turn back. There's no turning back from that. They've got the property. They've got everything moving forward. There's going to be baseball at Marshall, whatever it takes. That's been the promise for so long, and, and that's something they can't cut. One, I'm glad there's going to be baseball at Marshall and continue on. And then, you know, Jeff Wagner, you know, God love him. You know, he deserves it after, you know, having to play everywhere and all that sort of thing. But, you know, I mean, trying to raise money in this um, situation we have now has got to be really tough for the people from the Big Green and for Mike Hamrick and people like that. I mean, I mean, I don't know how they do it. And, of course, they've already had to go back once, I guess, because the bids came in too high and figure out what they're going to cut. Uh, you know, being selfish, I hope they don't cut the press box. I mean, that would be terrible. But, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm being facetious here. But I'm, I'm glad to see that Marshall's finally going to get a baseball park. But we might be talking, you know, two or three years down the road now by the time it gets done. Jack Bogodzik joining us. He, for a long time, has covered sports uh, across the country uh, and recently, of course, the state of West Virginia, including his time with Marshall University. Now retired, working on a book, I'm sure, right? You, you've got Jack Bogodzik's no, memoirs. No, Come on. No, I want to read that. No, no, no book. No, no book. Having worked uh, with uh, people like Mike Hamrick and Mike Kurtner and Woody Woodrum was uh, stress enough. But think of the think of the inside stories you could tell. Think of it. Oh, I, I'm, there are a lot of stories I could tell, Paul. But I, I just, you know what? It's, I've never been interested in a book. I mean, I had an aunt one time that said you should write a book, and all. Yeah. I, I don't have any interest in sitting down and doing that. I, I enjoyed the day to day, meeting people writing about them, all that sort of thing. But I, I have no interest in writing a book. And seriously, I never have had. All right, I'll talk to your wife. Maybe she can write the book then. Uh, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Jack Bogodzik's <laughs> joining us on the program. Uh, many years of writing. And, uh, of course, so you've got pretty good records of all of that, right? I'm sure it's it's just stacks and stacks and reams and reams of that stuff, right? Well, I've... I've I've uh, eliminated a bunch of stuff. Um, I had this, uh, now this is kind of interesting. Now you'll like this story, Paul. I had this giant uh, plastic tub of all of my media credentials. I would saved almost every one. So I was going through them. My wife, Carol, said, you know, you need to go through this stuff and, you know, keep some stuff, throw some stuff away, whatever. So I started going through it. I probably got rid of like two-thirds of what I had. So the one day I'm going through the thing, and I come to this pass for Fairfield Stadium. And this was when I was working in Roanoke, Virginia, for the Roanoke Times. And I came over to cover a Marshall VMI game, because we covered VMI, UVA, and Virginia Tech. And I'm looking at this pass and having then worked. This was, of course, I went through all this after I retired. And looking at the pass, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is about the time Mike Hamrick played football at Marshall. <laughs> so I called 
my buddy Steve Cotton, and I said, would this have been Mike's last game? And he said, at last home game, senior day. And he said, yes, it was. So I took the pass, put it in an envelope, wrote a note to Mike, sent it to him. And he sent me a nice note back. It was his last game. And the credential said on it, you'll like this part, it said, no smoking on the field. <laughs> so I'm serious. This was this was like 1979, something like that. I, I can't remember exactly anymore. But yeah, the, the, it didn't say anything about smoking in the press box. It said no smoking on the field on the turf. So I, I, of course, and Marshall lost the game. That was a season Marshall won its opening game over Toledo and then lost the next 10 games. So, I mean, Mike was thrilled that I sent it to him. And I just, I couldn't believe that I had covered Mike Hamrick's last game at home in Huntington. That's so that's that was a, pretty cool. That's a funny story because you didn't know it at the time. You you did you no, couldn't have well, you couldn't no. have. I mean, why why no why 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 would Mike Hamrick at that point you know make any difference to me? I was in Virginia. I'd only been there at that point like five years. So and I'm going back through this stuff and like I said, I'm looking at the past and I'm thinking, boy, this has got to be close. This has got to be really close to when Mike played. And then when I talked to Steve, he said, yeah, that would have been Mike's last home game. So, did you like find I, this... I took the pass, put it in an envelope, sent it to him, and sent him a note, and he sent me a very nice note back. So that was good. Did you find the story? Did you have the story of that game? No, look I, back? I, I didn't. I, I looked for the story. I'm, I probably had it at one point, but it might have been something that I you know, got rid of. But uh, anyway... But yeah, that, but the, but the thing I thought was the funniest was no smoking on the field. <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> you know, because that was uh, what that was the AstroTurf then, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. They, well, that's what they, they didn't want burn marks on the AstroTurf. No, I mean that was a big investment back then at Fairfield Stadium. Was um, uh, Fairfield was it um, was as um, decrepit then as it was uh, in later years? Was it a little nicer? You know, I vaguely remember it as a child. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it it never was nice. I guess as a child, the stadium was never nice. I mean, thankfully, Marshall moved years ago, but it was never nice when I was a kid. Never. Well, like I said, I, I was I was stunned when I saw this past, and then I, like I said, I, I thought, well, if it's not, it's got to be, you know, maybe his junior year, maybe the year after, whatever. And then, like I said, Steve Cotton told me, he says, no, that was Mike's last home game. So I thought, well, i got to send this to him. So I did. Jack Bogodzik joining us. Uh, many years covering Marshall, many years in Virginia, uh, many years covering the Cincinnati Reds as well. Uh, you did it all. Well, I, you know, I mean, that, like, I, I was lucky, Paul. Like, you know, I, I said when I, I went into the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame the year after I retired because I was there 27 years and I went into the hall of fame for my writing. And like I said, I was, I was really lucky. I got to do 
what I love to do. And not everybody does that. A lot of people work their entire careers. They, you know, some people don't like what they do. Some people, you know, like what they do for a while and not. But, but for all those years, for 50 years, I got to do what I like to do. And I, I thought that that was, you know, really great. And, you know, it, it's, you, you can't explain this. People say, well, how much money do you make? Well, you know, I didn't care. I mean, I, I got to go places that, you know, you would think, well, people would like, like to go to that. You know, I'm, I mean, I covered the Atlanta Olympics. I was in Atlanta for 21 straight days. Fortunately, I was like out of uh, Centennial Olympic Park like 10 minutes before the bomb went off. Thank goodness. But I, I got to see all this stuff that a lot of people would probably appreciate seeing. Um, you know, I covered the Washington Redskins for nine years. I, you know, I, I covered all these different athletic programs. I was in Charleston, as you know, for almost 10 years and covered Marshall and WVU. And, and before that, I was in Roanoke and covered a lot there. I was the columnist there for 10 years. And we did a lot of different things. So I, I was very fortunate. A little different today. You don't travel yeah, as much. It, you don't no, get to. Not a little different, a lot different. Yeah. It's the lure. Yeah. You really have to love writing now to do it because unless you're very fortunate or if you're on a national level, and even then, you're not getting to travel as much. You're not going to see as much. Right. Uh, everything has been. Yeah, cut, streamlined, outsourced. I mean, even in the radio side, I, I don't get to travel. I mean, years ago, I was able to travel. Plus, the Mac was, of course, a plus, blessing for me. Plus, Paul, you're constantly on the clock. I mean, you mentioned social media because of Twitter and everything, Facebook. I mean, if a story breaks, you know, it, it, there's not like, well, uh, you know, you've got a newspaper the next day. No, because of the internet and because of social media, it's it's like you're constantly working. So it, it's totally different now. Jack Pagajic joining us on the program, retired now, and uh, you're missing out on some Reds games. So um, yeah, this is not the, not this is not a good retirement year for you. No, no, it's not. Uh, you know, I've, I I look at the schedule once in a while and. Uh, you know, I think, well, I would have gone to this game or we would have gone to this game or whatever. But here, here's the deal with the Reds. That, I mean, you talk about bad karma. They've been bad for these most recent years. And now this past winter, they spend $165 million on free agents, and now they can't play. So, I mean, you know, I mean, they got, they've got Castellanos. They've got uh, – Shogo Akiyama, White, Wade Miley, all these guys, uh, Mike Moustakas. And it's like they could end up, if the Pirates, which I can't believe would happen, but if the Pirates had a 10-game winning streak, uh, as bad as the Pirates might be, they could end up you know, winning the division and, and going to the playoffs now. You know what the problem is? Marty Brenneman, he retired. That's it. That's the problem. 
Yeah, well, it, it is a problem for listening to games. Uh, Marty and I are buddies, and um, you know, we we talk once in a while, not very often, but uh, anyway. But you know, the the division the Reds are in is a winnable division. So, you know, now that this is going to happen, I guess you're going to play. They're saying you will play uh, everybody in your division in the National League, say, 10 times. And then you will have 20 AL Central games, so that means you'll be playing each of those five teams four times. So, you know, but the Central is not as good as the East and the West in both leagues, in my opinion. So do the Reds have a chance? Yes, but... Because of the way this is going to be the sprint rather than the marathon, as they would call it, the teams that have the best bullpens are going to have a much better chance because the starters are not going to be able to go as long because the spring training, of course, leading in is you know is a half half handed spring training. So what happens is the team, the starting pitchers will only go five, six innings, and then it's up to the bullpen. Well, the Reds' bullpen, as we know, is not great. So that's the problem the Reds have, even though they have signed $165 million worth of guys for the next several years. Jack Begodrick's with me. As um, soon as uh, the NFL season starts and um, we can go back to a game, They'll probably allow what fifty, hundred of us in there. Uh, we can, you know, we can go see Joe Burrow. That'll be our seventy-five. Seventy-five, like yeah, because the first few rows are going to be uh, covered with advertising, so you can see it on TV. That right. came out today, right? So, um, you know, being in a radio affiliate, I'm sure I'll get a, a ticket to a game, and uh, you know, of course, that means you and me back together again. Maybe, maybe seven hundred and forty fans in honor of uh, Joe Burrow's. Uh, area code <laughs> i like it i like it jack we'll uh, we'll do this again soon i'm hoping that we can just you know hang out once this is all over with because again training camp that's usually a thing uh we get to do with each other now and then go to training camp right get to see that's a game right. um of course you drive past me uh, sometimes picking up your pittsburgh pirates tickets so you can go see a game because uh that's part of your uh retirement now is just to go to games you want to go to Paul, retirement is highly underrated. Should I do it now? I want you to know that it's, it's highly underrated. It, it's it's very good. Should I just go ahead and do it now? And I well, sure. And okay. and, I, and and I will say this: I I have read more books in the last few months, mostly uh, biographies, things like that, that I have ever read in my life. I mean, I I read a lot of newspapers and things like that over the years magazines, you know, that sort of thing. But I have read more books in the last, I don't know, four months than I've ever read in my life. What are you reading now before we go? I asked Ari Agnes this yesterday, so I have to ask you, what are you reading? Okay, I, I am right now reading a uh, Brett Baer, the, the Fox News guy, uh, who is a very good writer. Is um, He's written like a series of three books about U.S. presidents. And the one I'm reading right now is about uh, FDR, 
Stalin, and Churchill. Uh, and when they met in Tehran, Iran, uh, deciding what they were going to do about World War II, um, I, in the past, had read one that was really interesting that he wrote about uh, Eisenhower. Eisenhower's last three days in office when he was getting ready to head uh, hand off to JFK. And the third book in this uh, series, whatever you want, series might not be the right word, but uh, has to do with uh, Ronald Reagan. And I haven't read that one yet, but that's that's what I'm doing right now. On my shelf, I've got uh, uh, the uh, Phil Knight book, the Nike, you know, guy, and um, I've got a Yogi Berra biography. I recently read a really good biography of Roy Campanella, another one of Leo DeRocher. I've uh, I've read an RFK book and a Reagan book, so I'm I'm on both sides of the aisle, as they say. Now, what was the author of this uh, of that series again? What was his name? Brett Baer. Okay. The guy, the the guy that does the six o'clock on Fox, um, and he he's a very good writer. I mean, I you know I don't rarely I rarely watch his telecast, but it turns out he's a really good writer. The book I've started, it was after I watched the uh, the miniseries, the documentary on Grant on History Channel. Mm-hmm. I picked it up. Uh, now I I took I t- I got the digital version because it was it was like a dollar or something. It's it's up to seventeen dollars now. But Grant by uh, Ron Chernow. Um, that that book is like nine hundred pages. Um, I'm gonna that's yeah. When I get on I vacation, book, I'm going I into saw it. it in the bookstore one day. Yeah, really thick. Oh oh yes. Okay. You know what? I'm on vacation in a few weeks. That's going to be my reading while there I'm you away. Go. So I've got it planned. Uh, we're going to do this again. You know, we could do a book club. There, well, that that would be an idea. Okay. That'd be an idea. Okay, let's do a book club. You and me, and um, I'll introduce you to Marshall's volleyball coach, Ari Agnes. She's reading books as well, so um, you'd like her. You'd like her a lot. Well, that that's good. I mean, they, they have some different coaches from when I was there, but uh, – you know the, the the old regulars are still there. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, Mercer's still there. He's uh, you know, the old regulars. Uh, who else is you know? Uh, Smalls is still Doc there. And, yeah, Doc, Doc and Dan, Dan, uh, Matt Grobe. Uh, Kemper was there when you were there. Tony Kemper, right? Yeah. So yep. um, they haven't changed too much, but uh, uh, and I still got the sign. I got the Jack Bogajic uh, sign in the studio right here for you. It's still here. And, and well, I, I, I think what you could do one of these days, Paul, if, if you really want to have an exciting show, you should get Mike Hamrick and Mayor Steve Williams in the studio for an arm wrestling contest. <laughs> and you could do play by play. I'm booking it. I'm making it happen. <laughs> I, I would be willing to bet you could get like, you know, gambling, uh, sports betting in West Virginia on that. Well, we can't tell Hamrick that. We can't tell him there's there's actually wager. You know what? We could do it for charity though, or for, to the Big Green or something. He'd go for that. He would. Well, both of them would do it if it was for the baseball park. Okay, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Uh, I'll pitch. Right, I'll pitch good. that. Jack Bogajic. Right. Good talking to you, sir. Thank you. Take care, Paul. That's my buddy, Jack Bogajic. More on the way. It's the drive. ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. 
Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. Good stuff. If you missed it, don't forget to go back and catch Jack Bogonjic. You can catch the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, wherever you get your podcast is where you're going to find The Drive with Paul Swan. So I do appreciate that. Also, on social media, always follow our channels. On Facebook, look for The Drive with Paul Swan. On Twitter, look for me, Paul Swan. It's all right there at your fingertips. Jack Bogajic will be the only one not following us on social media because he doesn't have social media. Other than that, everybody else, you can follow us on social media. So uh, we'll wrap it up today's edition of the show. Uh, a couple items just want to hit on real quick before we call it a day uh, earlier. And I tried to get her on earlier because she covers all of the uh, board meetings. Uh, Taylor Stuck tweeted this an hour or so ago before we uh, went on air, actually went on air. And um, at first I thought, oh, oh, is this is this new? Is this different? Uh, she tweeted that Marshall coaches Doc Holliday and Dan D'Antoni, along with the athletic director Mike Hamrick, have taken voluntary pay cuts. Of course, remember a few weeks ago, it came out that those making 100000 or more on campus will take a pay cut starting July 4th. So that's where we're at there with that. Of course, I didn't think that the Coach Holiday, Coach D'Antoni, um, Mr. Hamrick would not be in that equation. So uh, taking voluntary pay cuts, of course, Doc and Dan definitely make more than the $100,000 threshold. Pay cuts, period. Uh, never a good thing. I hate pay cuts, and especially uh, you know, with teachers getting pay cuts. And, of course, you know the athletic department, there are coaches – who are uh, safe probably from the line maybe, or at least right at the line, and maybe those are right at the threshold where they're going to get a pay cut. Of course, this is what's happening across the country. Marshall is not immune from it. And so uh, that's going to be taking place. Uh, again, pay cuts uh, starting July 4th. Uh, we'll try to get Taylor on. She covers those meetings. Uh, more of the business at hand taking place with the university, of course, also code of conduct. Uh, you're going to see students required to wear face coverings. That's going to be um, a hot seller, I'm sure, for campuses um, across the country that go to this. I'm still thinking. I, I need branded face coverings. You can put, I don't know, me, my, my face, the logo, the show logo, the station logo. I'm pushing for that. Completely pushing for that. Uh, but I do have my, oh, by the way, I do have my herd covering now. Bill Cornwell, it took him a month or so to get his, but he, he ordered, I guess, a double pack and got me one. So I've got my Marshall face cover. That's going to come out. And we were talking a couple days ago, again, Bill Cornwell. Remember back in the day when we would go to the newsstand and get the magazines? Bill still does that. And the day after I mentioned it, he went to the newsstand and picked up a couple. They're on my desk. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.